2020, the world of new music. Richard Kingsmill here. The first great heavy record of the year is now out and it's from Sydney band Polaris. Polaris first appeared on the scene back around 2012, but really it's been since their debut album towards the end of 2017 that things have really accelerated for the five guys. Off the back of that album, which was called The Mortal Coil, they toured Europe five times as well as three times to the States. Their headline shows here to launch this new album were all sold out in venues that were the biggest so far for the band. album is called The Death of Me. It hears the group extending into some new musical areas, but the recording environment was not that new for them. The band went to Mollymook on the south coast of New South Wales and set up in the same beach house where they recorded their debut. I found out more from Daniel, their drummer and main songwriter, and Jake, their bass player and one of their singers. It's interesting that you went back to the same place and set up a studio to record this second album. A lot of people kind of moved to a different space, you know, different conditions to get new inspirations, but obviously it worked for you the first time and you just thought, let's do it again? Yeah. There was definitely a few people within the band that weren't too eager on going back to that space. There's probably for the yeah, yeah, for the reasons that you highlighted. I think, yeah, you kind of leave like old memories of just working on things in environments and locations that you've done them in they were definitely um we, we were kind of joking along the way about there being like ghosts of the last album kind yeah. of still living in the house <laughs> and stuff but we um i guess we kind of changed the conditions as well by working with with different people as well because we brought some friends over from the states to produce the last record and they, they actually still mixed this record um but in terms of engineering it uh we brought in two of our friends from melbourne uh lance prince and uh and scotty simpson um, who have made some really awesome records with our friends and and lance is our live sound engineer so he knows us so well and he knows exactly what we're going for and there's a quite a good you know there's a really good level of comfort and security in that and knowing that somebody understands what you're going for so it was um yeah some similarities and some differences in how we how we went about making it yeah well and obviously he would have seen plenty of live shows because in between albums you've done so much touring we have yes, yes. yeah we have indeed yeah he's he, he we work with him mostly in australia but yeah he's kind of been there even before the last album came out we've been working with him for quite some time now so he's he's kind of had his fair share of hearing how we sound and you know he knows, he knows exactly how we are as people as well that he as knows well, how yeah. crazy we can get when it comes to you know decision making and i think he was probably better prepared than anyone to He's what he was getting himself in for yeah, yeah you meaning daniel that you can overanalyze things <laughs> i'd say so yeah <laughs> right tendency lance, okay. not, lance might not be the biggest fan of that sometimes <laughs> <laughs> so is he the, was he the referee did he basically call the shots um no not really i mean it was just good to have at the end of the day i think that's also the freedom of, of kind of you know we were essentially self-produced 
producing the album, but along with them as also acting as producers and engineers. Um, so there was definitely a sense of like, of it always being our call and when it, when it came down to anything really. But it's also, yeah, just having people that you trust and people that will rein you in and say, we're spending too long on this. We can't debate this for three days. No. We need to record something. Yeah. So. Otherwise you lose the vibe for it as well, don't you? Yeah. Don't you yeah. just get so tired of it that you're almost over it before you've laid the track down? That can be a thing as well, especially when you spend so much time there. Like we were there for six weeks this time and there was definitely periods where the vibe was wavering, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, was it, when, you, when you're there for, for a little bit longer, like the longest we've done before was a month um, and before that the longest was two weeks. So, it, I mean, it, it does. it's probably always going to keep getting a little bit longer until we until it goes overboard. We're not going to make a, a <laughs> well, six-month-long album. But. And plus, as I said before, you've been doing so much touring, so you've been in the face of each other for, you know, most of the last two years. It hasn't been a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, a lot of fans, a lot of small living locations. Yeah. But the results are good. This is a good record. Thank you. We're, we're so excited about it. It, yeah, you must have noticed as well because of all the playing. When you got back into this this house in Mollymook to set up and 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 record this record, did you feel like you were better players, better musicians than you were two years ago because of all this stuff? Definitely with those songs. I, I think more more now that we're pl- playing and practicing the new songs, are really starting to realise how much muscle memory we developed for the tracks on the last album and how natural they feel compared to the songs that we're playing now. But yeah, I, th- I think that. I think that we've also tried to kind of implement like, I mean, we've tried to improve as musicians while on the road as much as we can. I think I can definitely say like, like most noticeably would be the vocal improvement, which is I think always, you know, it's the first thing that tends to catch you going from record to record is how the vocals develop. And I think there's something about heavy vocalists as well that, you know, your voice kind of naturally changes and evolves and takes on kind of different tones as, as time goes on. So you're and talking about both Jamie and Jake? Both Jake and Jamie, yeah. I think what we were able to, we've never spent so long and been so fussy on vocals in the studio, but also like we, we were able to do that, but it, it was worthwhile to actually spend that long because there are sounds that we were able to get out of, of both of the guys that I don't think we ever could have could have tracked in the past. Like, you know, just kind of discovering new things that, the, that both of them were able to do, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Dan, I guess, came to me with the idea of waves pretty early on. And I think initially we thought Jamie was going to be singing the low part of that song, but it worked out that it was going to be me. So I knew even then that I had a lot of practice to do in just learning how to operate my voice in that sort of register. Uh, lucky we did have a lot of time to work on that because yeah. I feel like I got there in the end. But had I, had I been... Had it been a piece that had been written in the studio and I was doing it the next day, I think I would have been out of my depths a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are some new influences coming in. Listen, we should get to a couple of tracks. We were just talking about Marta in Brackets Waves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. It is one of the different moments off the record. This one really shows where you've kind of moved since the first record. Uh, this is new music from Polaris. The guys are going to hang around and chat to us a bit more about the making of this record. I've been a liar, been a thief, been a fool for you. Now there's nothing left to prove That I'm alone with all the things that I'm supposed to be And when I speak it seems that everyone's expecting me to To say what they can't say It comes in
So that one's obviously a, you know a softer feel. It's a it's it's a different moment to what we experienced on the first record. Yep. Did you think it was right for the band to do something like this at this point? It was um it kind of it came about really naturally. I mean, it wasn't something that was like a deliberate decision. You know, let's write a really soft song. It, um or. I mean, if you can call it that, obviously it does get a little bit bigger in some parts, but it was really just something like, I definitely don't think I could have imagined us doing this on a previous record. We've got kind of close to that territory at times, but this was just, it was just an idea that that I had one day and it was kind of just, just the verse and the chorus melodies and lyrics kind of almost fully formed, just kind of cruising around in my head for a little while. And when I brought it to the guys, I, I kind of did have a little bit of a, of a hesitation, like for possibly like the first time ever that I've really gone like, they might really not dig this at all. This might be completely the wrong direction. I might have to find something else to do with it. Um, but it, it was just really cool that when I when I brought it in, everyone was really receptive to it and mm. got excited about it straight away. And I think that's just the natural tendency in our band that, you know, we rather than worrying really heavily about what direction the sound is going in, we just try to look at it objectively of how does it make us feel and does it feel like a good step in terms of songwriting. So the first record was called The Mortal Coil. This one is called The Death of Me. So there's some sort of synchronicity there with the two titles. It was kind of unintentional, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was pretty obvious that, that they kind of compare when you say them out loud. We were really searching for the right title at the time and we wondered if maybe that did draw too much of a parallel, but I think we kind of were happy with how it that... It kind of just made sense. It did make sense, yeah. It felt like, yeah, it felt like a natural continuation. I think the sense of, sense of continuity without it being like, you know, obviously a sequel of a record because it's not. But I feel like that continuity kind of definitely added to the feel that it is the next chapter and just in what we're doing and in exactly, the story that yeah. we're telling however anyone wants to interpret that yeah well the death of me can interpret it two ways it can be like you know killing off something so that you grow into another you know exactly. be better human being or the death of me could be quite negative and it's just like this has killed me this last two years exactly. on the road yeah well, so, you're right right so on the nail there depends yeah. where so, you're sorry depends which one is it, or, is it it's both, both. it's, ah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. honestly both i mean like yeah there's definitely a very literal way of interpreting it that this record yeah very nearly felt like the death of our band at times that we were like we this could kind of destroy the relationships between us or kind of like break us as people it a was, little bit because it was really brought out too. it brought out some sides in us all kind of personally yeah. that we didn't really want to see we've but, never i guess been in the scenario where we were living on top of each other as much as we had been we've all been very good friends for a long time and then also with the pressure of creating another record i think we definitely felt it but i think as you said also like the the burning off of something i think coming out of this out of this process has brought us together because we had to come together, I guess. It was just yeah. such a it was such a stressful, intense situation that if we hadn't banded together, it would it, we probably wouldn't still be friends. No, exactly. Yeah. I think there was a there was a lot of definitely a lot of stuff to stuff to work through and a lot there of There was, like, yeah. You know, stuff we had to work through in our relationships between each other in order to actually come through that and really make something we could of, all be proud of. A couple of honest chats. Yeah. Had to be <laughs> some had. some yeah. real talks. Things sure. that needed to be spoken about. Stuff to be aired out. Yeah. But, but like you said, like, yeah, it's also it can also be looked at as, yeah, of, of burning something off. And I think it can also, it's also, I think, a a recognition of, of personal change. I think the idea of the death of me is also like a recognition of the fact that, that maybe you're not the person you were when you were younger. Maybe you've um, you've changed a lot. Maybe there are aspects you wish you'd held on to that you weren't able to, and maybe there are new things that you really needed to, to grow into. You know, I think it kind of works in both ways. Yeah.
Once again, this really helps with the band, the fact that you've had success, especially off the back of the first album. All this world touring, you feel like it's adding up. I mean, if none of this stuff was moving forward, if your band was only drawing a certain amount of people and never elevating beyond that, you would have broken up by now. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think so. I think. I think we love the. I think we love music, like making. But music I've seen too. much. I, to I had do a realistic that, conversation with myself at one point, and I, I think we've been very lucky in that. I don't think we've ever, even though it wasn't always a massive, you know, uh, in, in, incline in terms of you know how well the band was doing. I feel like we've always been doing a bit better than we were just a little while ago. Like we've never, never felt never, like we've taken a step backwards. We've never felt like really, we took a step back, even really in the lucky. early days, which were undoubtedly slow. I always felt like that we were in the right direction. We hadn't done anything wrong. We were, you know, <laughs> you know we, were, we were learning what it was to write songs and to be a band, but I, I felt like we were you know, in the right direction. But I think at one point I definitely thought to myself, by a certain period of time, I want to be out there touring. I want to be playing in these locations. I want to be doing this. Otherwise, I have to rethink about it. And we were just lucky that we were able to kind of get to that point because yeah. it was a slow beginning, I suppose, in the local local scene. Yeah, for you us. spend a lot was, of time yeah. doing just doing the weekend shows in every small, every yeah. weird little spot. It's a hard DCYC shows. Absolutely, it's a very hard yeah. grind. That's it that's is. what I mean when you were sort of saying that you had to have honest conversations and there were certain tensions within the band. If you don't see the if you don't see the um, incline of the band's popularity, yeah, you know the two things can work against each other. And you go, well, what's the motivation for being in a band if we're not reaching any more people and we're arguing with each other? It's just like let's. It's, separate yeah. let's go go off and do something else i mean it doesn't even have to be it doesn't really even have to be a matter of reaching people or of popularity i think for most people you know in in doing music or any kind of art it's just there just has to be a reward of some kind whether it's just the return of a positive feeling or a little bit of feedback or the mm. sense that someone is caring or just that what you're creating you're loving enough yeah. to keep doing it but after a while i think there's there's an extent to which you might still do that stuff but it's very hard to pour every single ounce of yourself into it if there's nothing coming back in return and if it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. So we're just really fortunate that things have, have kept moving for us and And beyond expectation as well. I mean, like when we when I had that realistic conversation with myself of what I wanted to achieve, it wasn't I mean, as, as half as well as where we are now. So Well, yeah, that's great. It's, it's, and that's good to remember that. It is it is and you <laughs> have to try to remember that because sometimes amongst all of the things that are happening so positively for your band uh, and I mean, when you're working on things that kind of aren't so positive, you have to, it's, it, it's hard to kind of remind yourself of where you're at mm, and yeah. it does kind of normalize a little bit. In a lot of ways sadly. though, yeah. I mean like the benchmark of where we, where we ever would have aimed to be is so far like behind what, what's exactly, happening now. Like yeah. so much of what we're doing right now is, is the bonus. Like that's, it's, it's all, it's all yeah. bonus that's right brilliant. now. Like, and you got to just... remember that you got to rem always remind yourself because the yeah. bigger the bands come, sometimes the greedier they get and then they fall apart because I don't know, they worry about what, what's in the rider and not, you know, and not playing to the people, you know, you worry the about the small M&Ms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you start to worry about the small things. Let's go out with Vagabond, which is, I reckon, you know, comes in the middle of the record, but is a real highlight from this release. I think, Daniel, you actually told us this week when you were setting up the track that it's an influence. I can hear the Limp Biscuit in there. <laughs> I, I guess the sweet vocal, the which you sing, Jake, the sweet vocal in this track. Yep. Sweet vocal, the, I like the, that. the clean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the clean yeah, vocal. The, but, the you know, melodic vocal part, I, yeah. I say sweet because I think it that's is the, is that the Leonard Skinner sort of? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I mean, yeah, a little, I'd say the Leonard Skinner um, part is the solo where Ryan comes in at the end. That's the 
yeah, that's yeah. the dad rock uh, moment of, right, the, of okay. the album, which we we so, just kind of really let him go to town on that. Yeah. Right. But um, I feel it's it's there in the chorus as well. Yeah. It's just that. <laughs> See, I'm not a massive Leonard Skinner fan, so I was trying to pinpoint which which one of the uh, pieces of the song reminded you of Leonard Skinner. And then there was a yeah. third. Carnival. 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 The, yes. the introduction, okay. I think, and the, and the big riff, the, the, the chromatic style there. riff is, is very Carnival <laughs> It's Limp Bizkit Carnival crossover. Once again, that is Vagabond from the new Polaris album, The Death of Me. The album went into the top five here, first week of release, and the guys are going to be heading back to Europe in May for the first headline dates they've done there. Don't forget to hit the 2020 feed to check out more interviews I've done over the last year or so with acts like Architects and Bring Me the Horizon.